Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Traveling Toads, the Portugal edition podcast, where we provide practical insights and useful tips that will help you with your next travel experience in Portugal. I'm your host, Sarah, an American-born globetrotter, and together with my husband, we've been exploring the world for over a decade. Throughout all of our explorations, Portugal holds a special place in our hearts, and now we want to share experiences and knowledge so you can make your own travels to Portugal a breeze. Okay, travelers, we are back. Apologies to all of our listeners as we were hoping to have launched this episode last week, but life got a little crazy so we weren't able to get everything sorted in time. But never fear, we are back now and ready to talk football or soccer, whichever you call it or prefer. But this is a topic that is quite near and dear to our hearts. That's right. Both Sarah and I are not only huge fans of the sport, but both played football growing up. Today we're going to talk about football in Portugal, how the game is maybe a bit different from other leagues. What are the major teams in the league, top players from Portugal, and some interesting facts about buying tickets and attending games that you won't want to miss. Well, let's not keep our listeners waiting any longer. So, let's go. Sim, vamos lá. As Victor mentioned, football or soccer has really been a dominant theme in both of our lives. It's something we're still passionate about today and was actually something we bonded on virtually day one of meeting each other. That's right. And then we decided to head to Greenwich Park and kick a football around, which was essentially our first date, followed closely by our second date where we watched Portugal versus Spain and the Euros. I know, not your most conventional date, but we are also not conventional people, so it was perfect for both of us. Needless to say, football has always been a part of our lives and continues to be. Growing up, we were both influenced by top players in the game, and little did I know, many of the ones I followed were Portuguese natives. Starting with some of the Portuguese legends, you have Luis Figo from Lisbon, who played at Sporting, Barcelona, and Real Madrid. Eusebio, although hailing from Mozambique, we can't have a list without him. Deco, originally from Brazil, but played for the Portuguese national team, was a midfield magician who played for both Porto and Barcelona. João Pinto, known for his stints at both Benfica and Sporting. Peter Bahia, hailing from Porto, was a world-class goalkeeper who secured his place in FC Porto's history. There was also Rui Costa from Lisbon, who spent his time in Italy's Serie A with Fiorentina and AC Milan. And finally, you have Paletta, hailing from São Miguel Azores. So, those are just some of the legends. Obviously not all, but... Really fascinating to know that some of these players that you might have heard in history do hail from Portugal. But moving on to current Portuguese players that you might be familiar with, we have João Moutinho, who was born in Portimao. Yay, Portimao, we love it there. And is a highly regarded midfielder known for his passing accuracy and tactical intelligence. We have Bruno Fernandes, who was born in Maia, near Porto, who has been a standout midfielder for sporting and later joined Manchester United. You have Diogo Jota, a versatile forward, also born near Porto and has made his mark at Liverpool and is known for his ability to play across the attacking line. We've also got Bernardo Silva, hailing from Portugal's capital of Lisbon. He's a skillful midfielder and has been an integral part of Manchester City's success. We've got a commanding centre-back of Ruben Dias, also from Lisbon, and has played a crucial role in Manchester City's defence. Something about Manchester City and Portuguese players, huh? and was named the Premier League's Player of the Season in 2020-2021 season. 
Okay, so I could totally keep going, but we just want to give you kind of some insights on legend Portuguese players and current ones that you may have heard of that you might not realize that are actually from Portugal. So just some fun facts and honestly, a pretty long list of some major football players that have come from Portugal and its archipelagos. If we threw in other Portuguese colonies or Portuguese-speaking countries like Brazil or Cape Verde, I think we might be able to do just a full episode on these players and what they've brought to the game. I fully agree. But, you know, I feel like we're missing someone on this list. I think it's pretty comprehensive, but there's someone we're definitely forgetting. You know, I think you're right. He's kind of a big deal, too. And one we both actually watch, still kind of watch, and emulated at times throughout our career. How could we forget someone who hailed from Madeira, has the airport named after him, and is really the best player of our generation? Travelers, I'm sure you've got it by now, none other than Cristiano Ronaldo. Perhaps the most famous football player hailing from Portugal, with endless awards, records, and he's still going. We just had to save the best for last. Indeed. Well, now that we've gone through some of the top Portuguese players throughout history, let's talk about the league itself and how it's structured. Not unlike most top football flights, the Portuguese league is structured in a pyramid with the Primeira Liga or First League at the top. The Primeira Liga comprises of 18 teams and hosts fierce competition among Portugal's top clubs. This includes the likes of Porto, Benfica and Sporting. With their rich histories and passionate fan bases, it makes for a fierce battle every year. Beneath the Primeira Liga lies the Segunda Liga, or the second division, where aspiring teams aim to ascend to the top flight. Further down the pyramid, the Campeonato de Portugal offers regional groups that nurture local talent. This structure extends even further with district leagues and local divisions, creating a football ecosystem that blankets every corner of Portugal. It's an inclusive system that allows smaller clubs to dream of making it to the top. If anyone has seen Welcome to Wrexham, the idea of smaller clubs getting some investment to help get promoted up the divisions to the top tier is what it's all about. Although this show focuses on the English Premier League structure, it's set up the same way as the Portuguese League. Every year, teams that finish at the top of their division have the opportunity to move up to a higher division, unless they're already in the first league, which comes with a whole host of perks, particularly more money for the club. Equally, clubs that finish bottom of their division get relegated to a division below and make way for the clubs that have moved up in their tier. Looking at the top clubs in the Portuguese league, as Victor mentioned, there are three notable ones you'll really hear about. First, Porto. Porto has been an unwavering force in Portuguese football. Their numerous league titles and international successes have solidified their status as a powerhouse. Next, you have Benfica and Sporting, both of whom are based in Lisbon and have their own storied histories and fervent fan bases. The clashes between these two giants, known as El Clásico, are among the most anticipated fixtures in Portuguese football. Literally, being in the same city with their stadiums not far from each other at all really intensifies the rivalry in the capital. Beyond the mainland, the stunning island of Madeira boasts its own football culture. Clubs like Maritimo and Nacional proudly represent the regions, occasionally creating ripples in the Primeira Liga. If you have the opportunity to watch a match in Portugal, you definitely should. You can usually get tickets through Ticketmaster or other reliable sites, and generally, unless it's a massive match, they're fairly decent in price. 
One thing that you have to keep an eye out for is what seats you're actually picking. There is a specific section in the stadium designated for away fans only, with the rest of the tickets reserved for home fans. This is super important to remember, especially if you're from the U.S., there is no mixing of fans. It's true in the English Premier League too, where away fans are allocated a specific section of the stadium. Portugal seems to take it to another level, as we've been to some games where the away fans actually have nets around the area to prevent things from being thrown around and fights to break out. So when we say in Europe, particularly referencing Portugal and England, that the fans are passionate, we absolutely mean it. Literally, if you went to an English football match, say Man City versus Man United, and you were sitting in a Man City section with a Man United top on, forget the fans, you would actually get thrown out by security. It's actually something that is just simply not allowed. Even if you aren't in a jersey and obvious about it, if, say, Man United scored and you cheered whilst in the Man City section, you'll also get kicked out. So, needless to say, you either need to pick a side and commit to it when you see a game or just remain neutral in whatever section you go in and enjoy the game. Although we feel the English Premier League has a particularly intense and unique atmosphere, Portuguese stadiums also have their own traditions. For example, the Estadio de Luz, where Benfica plays, kicks off with having a hawk swoop around the stadium at the beginning of the game. The hawk is a symbol of their crest, and it is really a pretty cool start to the match, and it actually gets quite close to you. I swear we can nearly touch it when we were there, it came so close. Yes, that was crazy, but an interesting way to start the game, and had everyone mesmerized and ready to support their team and their mascot. Portuguese football is also quite interesting in the way that it's played. If you're used to watching the English Premier League, you'll likely notice it feels a bit slow in comparison. Not only does it look slower, but it tends to be slower if you're actually playing. I got a first-hand comparison as I was playing football in England and then moved to play in Portugal. In English football, the emphasis is on strength and quick ball progression, while in Portugal, there is a great focus on ball control, precise passing to players' feet, and maintaining possession of the ball. In comparison to Major League Soccer in the U.S., I think EPL is still much faster, but comparison to Portugal, what do you think, Victor? Maybe similar? Yeah, not as big of a contrast, I would say. In any case, you should definitely check out a game and see for yourself. And that's a wrap. As we conclude today's episode, we hope you've enjoyed this immersive exploration of Portuguese football. Whether you're watching matches in Lisbon, Porto, or on the picturesque island of Madeira, the universal passion of the beautiful game unites fans across Portugal. Thanks for tuning in, football enthusiasts, and get ready for our next episode next week as we touch on the topic of safety in Portugal. We know this is another big one, so get ready for next week as we talk everything to do with safety and beyond. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and follow our podcast to receive updates when the latest episode is uploaded. You can also follow our travel escapades on our Instagram at The Traveling Toads or visit our website at thetravelingtoads.com for more travel advice. Until next time, happy travels. Até a próxima, boas viagens.